I ask you to be uh, patient with me. Uh, I'm going to try something that I've never done before on this channel. Um, this will be basically largely unscripted. Um, there are many changes going on in my life right now and in the life of my family and in the lives of church family as well. Just seems like the enemy has been stepping up efforts um, to mess around. But the thing is, there is peace. And I sense the Lord being near. I sense him using many circumstances to awaken me to the harsh reality of the season that we've entered into. You know, the adversary, it says, goes about as a lion, seeing whom he can devour. And so we are in that time, and it's time, therefore, that we get serious about our walk with the Lord. It's time to be very serious about putting away those things that uh, are lesser things and things that could potentially open the door to the adversary. One of the things that I'm sensing is that we can no longer get by on our past experiences with the Lord. We cannot stay on the same level, spiritually speaking. There is no standing still in the spiritual realm. You're either moving forward or you're going back. And we must climb the mountain. We must go up to the next level in our relationship with the Lord and in our relationship with each other. There have been many concerns that are placed on my mind and on my heart. At each time I try to approach what it is that I need to share possibly in the next podcast. First one thing comes to me and then another and, and then another. And I feel like the Spirit is speaking to me about many things. Some of the things that are coming to me are prophetic or like a word of knowledge. And some of it regarding certain individuals and circumstances uh, that are around me, people that I know. And, and some are for people that I don't even really know at all. And some for an entire group of people. So I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what is this jumble? What am I going to do with all of this? And so at 2 a.m., I'm sitting down and I'm recording these words. So I'm just going to speak those things now as they come to me, and we'll see how far we get with this tonight. The time has come for the Lord to purify his church, and he's doing that now. And this is happening in many places throughout the world, and places that uh, call themselves by his name. Even among those who truly have been um, followers of his spirit. The Church of Christ is not an earthly institution or a denomination. His church knows no denominational boundaries. This is something we need to get down. It is simply all those individuals, wherever they are, regardless of their religious background. All those who have come unto Jesus and repented and to make a covenant with him. Last week, um, Sunday at church, I shared that uh, our daughter uh, wanted to go see her grandpa at his church. So she wasn't at church with us. And I was about to explain that she was at her grandpa's church today. And the Holy Spirit, before I could say those words, said, I, don't, I would like you to use different words. I would like you to say, 
that Casey is at her grandpa's congregation today, rather than at her grandpa's church. Now, that seems like a small thing, maybe, right? But I understood what he was getting at, is that we view other churches as other churches. And there is only but one church, unless you count the devil's church. According to the Book of Mormon, there are saved but two churches only. And one is a church of Jesus Christ, and the other is a church of Satan. And for us to get over some of these hurdles of the traditions that we've had that have separated us as believers, and especially the ego trips and the ideas of superiority, that we're the true church, you're not, that type of thing, us versus them, this has to go. And so we need to begin to look at even churches we don't fully agree with, even churches that don't have perfect doctrine. Who does? Who has perfect doctrine? And who has perfect understanding? But those who are sincere in seeking the Lord, we need to see them as part of his church. We have entered into the season where God is going to separate wheat from tare. He is going to shake up everything that can be shaken. And his people must be tried. They must go beyond religious dogma. They must go beyond religious theory. They must learn to abide in the Savior and be changed from within. I must learn to do this. We must begin to walk the walk as a people and as individuals. We must learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. Instead of just talking about it, our belief must go beyond belief only. We cannot do this on our own. We cannot do it by our own works. So the Spirit of God has assured me that he is sending help. But we must subscribe to that help. We must ask, seek, and knock with the desire of our heart. God is raising up an army right now, but the soldiers are sick and wounded and they have suffered trauma and they are sick with sin and in need of deliverance. They have been hurt, many of them by religion. We are this future army of the Lord. An army that does not fight against flesh and blood, is not against governments of the earth, is not political, but an army that fights against spiritual principalities in high places, against the evil rulers of this world, which are spiritual in nature, and that use men and women to do their bidding. Our warfare is in prayer. Our warfare is in worship. And our warfare is in doing the will of the Lord and spreading the love of God abroad in this sin-sick world that does not understand. Hatred is increasing in the world. Hatred and lack of understanding and lack of sympathy, lack of empathy, lack of care for one another. And this is not the body of Christ. We must show them the way. We must be a light to the world. And the only way to be a light to the world is to have the light of the world within us and shine abroad to others. We are to be this future army, the valley of dry bones that must be 
resurrected. We are called to be the body of Christ on earth, doing the good works that he did and greater than he did, according to his own words. It is Jesus who will do those works through us. And this is key to walking in the very powers of heaven. It is key. There are so many mysteries that people like to speak of. And, and if you just pay your tithing, if you just do enough good works, and I guess then maybe you can walk in the powers of heaven. And this isn't true. You see, we must abide in Jesus so he may abide in us. And by that, a change can take place. It is in this manner that we become a new creature in Christ through this relationship that changes us. And it is in this manner only that we can begin to walk in the very powers of heaven. Because it will be Christ in us that does the works. Do you see? This is the mystery that Paul spoke of. The great mystery. We're always wanting to look for these strange mysteries and then we get led down paths that are strange being led away from the rod of iron being led away by the temptations of satan to seek after things we can't even understand why because we haven't even begun to value properly the the simple and plain truths that he has brought to us that are in his gospel and in the plain doctrine of christ it is christ in us that is the mystery that Paul spoke of. Because it will be Christ in us that does the works according to his own will and not our own will. According to the voice of the Spirit and not by presumption, not by second guessing what he would do, not by asking the question, what would Jesus do? That's presumption. How would you know? We are a very long ways away from being where we need to be spiritually speaking very many things we have that we must unlearn or be willing to let go of there is much assumption there is much error in our understanding we must be lifted above the nature of the flesh which is impossible for us to accomplish on our own it is only that perfect love from above that can cover a multitude of sins and transform us. The Lord can do in just one day what would take man centuries to accomplish if we will but trust him and surrender everything. If you feel a call in your heart to ministry and you have a desire to serve, that you recognize that you're far from where you need to be, that you need his help, that you need forgiveness, that you need understanding, that you need deliverance. Jesus is the cure. Our attempts at righteousness on our own are filthy rags to him. But if we will bring to him the only sacrifice that he asks for, if we will bring our broken hearts and our contrite spirit, then he will accept us and cleanse us every whit. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? There's a light for a look at the Savior and a life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Some of you are under severe attack by the adversary at this time. You are being severely tested. And at the heart of that testing, at the heart of that attack, is the temptation to doubt in your calling and in your purpose. Some of you listening to this right now are experiencing this. You are being tempted to question your testimony and the witness of the Holy Spirit that gave to you regarding your calling, regarding your ministry. And as you entertain those thoughts, you must then doubt regarding how God sees you. You're entertaining doubts regarding his plans for you. Brothers, sisters, you need to reject the lies of Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. This testing must be allowed, and the Lord cannot interfere except that you call upon him. Unless you call upon him in faith, unless you stand upon those things that he has told you, you must go through this test and rise above it. But the victory is assured if you will but stand upon the principles of truth that you have been taught. If you will stand against the lie and walk in faith and declare the truth, whether you feel it right this moment or not, stand in the truth. You need to stand in the word, in the word of his promise, not just in the scriptures, but in the word that he gave to you. You need to go back and review those things that he has spoken to you. You need to speak those promises in faith and you need to stand on them. For you have been brought forth on this earth for this very hour. And it is for this time that he created you. Before you were born, he formed you and called you according to his purposes. You are here because you have an important role to play in these latter days. But we cannot do it alone. And we will need God. And we will need to lean on him. We need to rely on him, and even as John the Beloved laid his head on the breast of Jesus, we're going to need to lean upon him and trust. And we need each other. We need to strengthen one another. We need to be vulnerable, and we need to share when we need prayer and reach out to one another. And brothers and sisters, we need to go beyond playing church. We cannot play church anymore. Simply smiling and shaking one another's hands at a service once a week or even twice a week. This is not going to cut it. We're to be the family of God. We must be in one another's homes. We must hang out together. We must go places with one another. We must become friends. We must enter into a much deeper fellowship both with God and with one another. We're called the body of Christ for a reason. If you're separated from the body, if you're by yourself, if you're not connected to someone in some way and others into the body and getting strength and getting words of encouragement, getting revelation, getting understanding, if we're not receiving that encouragement, if we're not in a relationship with others where they can check on us and hold us accountable and reach out when they know that something is going on or feel something is wrong. 
people that we can reach out to. We must have a much deeper fellowship with one another. We need to be a Christian family. We need to go out to eat together. We need to eat together in our homes. We need to pray with each other. And we need to read scriptures together. We, we need to become close friends. And we need to learn how to love one another. We must enter into deeper fellowship, again, with God and with each other. Creating a bond of love that cannot easily be broken. And this is going to be needed in the days ahead. It is time to get real with God. It is time to wake up and recognize that he is not a character in a storybook. He is not theoretical. We did not create him in our imaginations, but he created us. And he is going to begin to manifest himself in new ways. We are going to see his hand move in very tangible ways. And for many of us, we will be, even as Peter was before his conversion, after a time when Peter had the Lord breathe upon him a portion of the Holy Spirit and he went forth and he healed the sick and he cast out devils and came back rejoicing. It wasn't that long after this where Jesus called him Satan for tempting him. And Jesus told Peter, after he had done these miraculous things, he said, Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. Many of us believe, but we don't believe on the level that we will need to. Many of us believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. For many of us, we have believed, but we will still have a conversion experience where we thought we believed and yet we will rejoice and say, it's really true after all. When we come together in our gatherings, we must go beyond talking about the Lord. We must learn to be still and recognize that if we will just turn our hearts to him in that moment together collectively and really pay attention that he's right there in the room with us. He always was, but we didn't know it. Even when we sometimes felt he was far away, he was right there. Do you not remember his promise? I will never leave or forsake you. Or perhaps we have said that we believe that he is in our midst, but was it just theory or book knowledge or head knowledge, as you might say? But it's very real. And I'm becoming very much aware of this in meetings, worship meetings, when we gather with the saints here. There are times when I just stop, but I have to stop my thinking. I have to stop the conversation. I need to stop and I pay attention. I listen with my spiritual ears. I look with my spiritual eyes. I feel after him with my heart. And if we do this, when he becomes very real to us, not just someone we're talking about who's way up there in heaven, then his presence becomes very real. And suddenly you will know and you will feel him there. Whether you can see him or not, you will be able to feel him. You'll become aware of the presence of his spirit. And I need you to know that when you feel the presence of his spirit, you are in the presence of Christ. You are in the presence of Jesus. 
You are in the presence of the King. You are in the very presence of the Creator of both heaven and earth and everything that was in them. Do you not understand that you're in the very presence of God Himself, the very God of Israel? This is what the Book of Mormon tells us. And when His presence becomes very real to us, and we begin to recognize that fact, that He is there in our midst, and it will be His Holy Spirit that truly presides and ministers to us in that hour. You know, what we've attempted in the local congregation that I'm pastoring right now is that I, I think I had to take on the role of pastoring so that no one would pastor. And what I mean by that is be a pastor in the traditional sense. And I didn't even know what that looked like. But what I understood is that God wanted his spirit to preside. And that's what I read in Moroni. This is how the church conducted its meetings, that the Holy Spirit led them as to whether they would pray or to exhort or to sing. It was orchestrated by his spirit, not by a man, not by an elder. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having an elder preside, but the whole point of being a presider is not to run the meeting and see that it's orderly in some religious tradition. The whole point of a presider would be to make it your personal heart's desire and put all your efforts into making sure that what is achieved among a group of people is an environment by which God and not man is in charge, where his Holy Spirit is free to move upon each individual there, that there is a liberty and a freedom, and that we're not just going to do some order of service that's been dictated by tradition or by notes that you've written down on how you thought the service would go. When we come together, the Lord has his desires, and we have our plans. Now, which would you want? Which do you desire? He has so much more in store for us than what we've been allowing ourselves to, to experience. So this has been a bit of an experiment for a couple years now. And I have had some people question me at times on it. But now, the less I try to preside, the less I try to start things off or decide what direction it's going to the better. And I see people stepping into their ministries, men and women in such a beautiful manner that they were not able to before to let them step into what it is the Lord has called them to do that we may minister to one another. It's so much better when it goes that way. And if we allow him to move upon each individual there and to each give their gifts and to share the things the Lord has put on their heart, you begin to see it's like an orchestra that all these things come together and the, the Lord is orchestrating it. 
And yeah, sometimes it's going to be a little messy, especially at first. We've got to learn how to worship in a whole new way and get out of the traditions of the restoration, which are just the traditions of the Protestant churches, which were just traditions borrowed from the Catholic church, which go back to pagan rituals. Our worship is not a true worship of spirit and truth or hasn't been. Not that we haven't experienced that in the past, and many of you have, but it tends to be more the exception than the rule. And even then, it doesn't go to the level that is possible. We have to surrender and put it all down, lay it down before the Lord and let him be the king. Let him be our Lord and Savior and let him be the head and not, not ourselves. Because what he has planned is far greater for us. Well, we're going on close to 40 minutes here, so I think we're going to go ahead and conclude and pick this up again next time, possibly. So, uh, until next time, God bless. <laughs>